Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast. Today, uh, we're going to do kind of just tying up a few loose ends based on some other podcasts we did in the past, and then talk a little bit about something a little bit different. Um, so we had a few podcasts come out in the last week or so, um, and one of them was about Minecraft. The other one was about like video game movies based on kind of a reaction to the Sonic trailer. And the other, the last one was about the future of self-driving cars. Uh, specifically, I have some follow-up to talk about with the video game one and with the, the driving cars one. Um, first off, with the Sonic movie. So, when I made that podcast, I mentioned how there was a bunch of negative feedback towards that trailer. And I kind of went through and I talked about some things that maybe I liked or that I thought could save the movie. And I also talked about how the success of that movie could help uh, propel or help basically initiate additional movies in the future for games that maybe we'd actually do want, even if you're not a fan of the Sonic franchise. So it sounds like since the trailer had so many negative reviews and the vast majority of the reviews were centered on the way that Sonic looked, uh, they actually came out and announced that they're going to be basically redoing his image in the movie. So I don't know how much work has to go into that. It's a CGI-based ordeal, and I didn't think it would be super difficult, but it sounds like they're going to be, this is going to cost them like millions of dollars, several million dollars at least, uh, to kind of redesign this character in the movie. I think that depending on how that turns out, I think that it could you know, change people's opinions quite a bit. Because like I said, there were so many other things in that trailer that I thought maybe looked decent or even good. Uh, Jim Carrey being one of them and maybe some of the way that they did some of the action scenes I thought looked pretty good as well. Uh, so that'll be something to kind of look out for here in the near future. We'll see how that, uh, how that redesign goes and what they do from there. The other thing I want to touch on was the future of self-driving cars episode. I talked about um, basically where things kind of are right now, how it's more typically more basic, where it could be adaptive cruise control that keeps you at a certain speed. Uh, some of the other companies like Tesla and, you know, Google, Google, uh, self-driving car program thingy, Mabobber, they're working on kind of more of the full automation deal. So you basically punch in where you're going and you more or less just kind of sit back and you supervise the car and take over if need be, but it's more or less doing everything itself. So th that's kind of what we have going on right now. This one was interesting because I had a video in my YouTube feed and it's a channel called CPG Gray. And if you don't follow that channel, you should definitely go and check it out. He makes uh, very thoughtful type of, of episodes. He's He kind of got to start making more like uh, political like theory type of videos and he really simplified it by you know representing parties with animals or you know whatever so it's not about like political topics as much as it is like political like game theory like how how you know district redistricting redistricting how redrawing district lines and stuff in areas can can affect outcomes and and stuff like that but he essentially does um he does other types of videos too. So like he did one a while back about traffic, like 
what is what is the most optimal way to route traffic? And I, actually, I may have even touched on that in the episode about the self-driving cars. I don't know if I gave him credit for that, but basically, if if the self-driving car network were to be all linked together, how could you optimize it? Um, but a video that came out like recently in the last week was he was over here in America. He doesn't he doesn't live here, but he was visiting. And he had rented a Tesla vehicle of some kind. I don't know which one. Model X, maybe? I don't know. The one that's more like an SUV, I think. And so he kind of he kind of uh, cataloged or filmed his experience in traveling from, I think it was California to Vegas and then back or something like that. And so he spent a lot of time in this vehicle. And so it went... Um, So it showed how he had to kind of go from place to place, you know, charging station to charging station and kind of how that worked. But um, it also touched on kind of how some of the autopilot stuff works on there. And you can just hear it it in his voice when like that very first time he he hits the highway and he turns it on and he's like, oh, I'm going around my first corner, like, and the car is controlling itself. And it's just kind of crazy because I think that ultimately that's what... Is going to that, that's going to be what scares a lot of people. I think at first, the lack of control that you have, and the fact that it's it's all automation and, and all your it's, it's your car doing everything. Uh, it even showed the autopilot handling itself in snowy conditions, which I didn't know it could even handle, but it, it appears to be able to do. So, those were some things I wanted to kind of wrap up from those last few episodes. I guess before we kind of get into the main topic quotes around that for today. Um, Also want to touch on maybe a few things that we're going to be doing here in the future. Uh, So the Google I.O. conference just took place this week, and I definitely want to go over some of that stuff in more detail here soon. So I'm not really going to touch on it right now, but um, there were a number of things that were announced at Google I.O., different products, different services, uh, obviously different AI and, and whatnot, machine learning. So we'll be going over that here at some point in the future uh, very soon, probably when I get back from vacation here in the next week and a half or so. So other things that we're going to touch on here pretty soon uh, will, I guess I won't talk about all of them, but another episode that's going to be coming up here while I'm on vacation is going to be about Game of Thrones um, and more of how that has changed how we watch TV again. And so that's that's going to be one that I'm actually going to batch record that right after this one. And it'll be coming out sometime next week. So definitely stay tuned to that for that because that should be coming out like a day or two before the, the series finale of Game of Thrones. And so if you're somebody that watches that and and maybe you're someone like me and have noticed that change in, in how we watch that, how we watch that show or how we watch television, uh, definitely stay tuned for that. So the thing that we're going to talk about today as the main topic, I suppose, is... I already mentioned it, the how I'm going on vacation. And so for vacation, we're going on a cruise out of Miami. Well, not Miami. We're going out of Cocoa Beach. So that's actually closer to Orlando. So we're going to be flying down there Saturday. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're going to be flying there down there Saturday morning. It's currently Friday morning right now. So in about 24 hours, we're going to be jumping on a plane, going down to Orlando, and then taking about an hour... Uh, shuttle ride over to Cocoa Beach um, and Port Canaveral area. So that's what we're going to take out of take take out of for the actual cruise for the port. 
So we're going to the Caribbean. We're checking out like three different destinations over the course of six days. We'll come back, fly home the following Saturday and go from there. But it kind of had me thinking about my experiences traveling and what that means to me. I think that, you know, traveling is one of those things that I have really prioritized in my life for quite a long time. And, you know, maybe people share this with me, maybe they don't. But I think living somewhere like I do, which I live in central Iowa, which is fine. I love where I live, but I don't think anybody would ever say that that is a quote-unquote like interesting place to live. There's not like a whole lot of exciting things in in the sense of we don't have a like big cities and we don't have like a lot of big name things. I mean, we're not as like back back sticks or backwoods as maybe some people try to think that we are. We actually have more cities and more like urban areas than than we really get credit for. But you know, like I said, definitely not super exciting. It's not like we're living in New York City or L.A. or Miami, Tampa, like any of those big cities. And so I think that the trade-off there for me is that I like to prioritize traveling. I I love where I live, but I also want to check out other places, check out other avenues, other cities, um, and also different modes of transport. So like going on cruises is something that we absolutely love to do because we're landlocked here. So we don't really have we don't really have the access to the water like some of the coastal areas have. So going on a cruise is something that's interesting and unique when we do it because we don't get to do it all the time. I first had started traveling back in, well, I mean, other than some state-to-state travel. My first international experience was back in 2005. And at the time, I had went down to Australia. And I went there as a, like, as a student ambassador program. And so we had, that year for that program, we had, I think it was 18, 18 or 19 students from the state of Iowa were basically chosen as part of this this delegation. And we went over there and we paired up along the way. We were joined in with a group from Florida and they had like 22 to 24, 25-ish students. And then we had, I think, a total of like four or five like chaperone slash teacher type people but we weren't traveling with our parents essentially this was a trip that we were doing i mean i'll say about 75 80 percent on our own i mean obviously the adults were there for organizing maybe some of the big things like they took care of making sure that the group got checked into a hotel or they made sure that the group was eating but it's like ultimately we decided what we did day to day or you know if we were in a city or in a place we, we got to decide where to go and whatever as long as you had enough people with you you could kind of do what you wanted so that was interesting because that was my first experience really going away from home and I was there for about two and a half almost three weeks and we traveled pretty much the whole eastern side of Australia and it was kind of funny because looking back on it now like communication has changed so much even since 2005. I mean, back in 2005, people had cell phones, obviously, but they weren't as, they weren't nearly as widespread. 
in terms of like coverage or pricing or rates or anything like that. And so I didn't, I don't think I even had a cell phone back then, but it, it just wasn't like feasible to do that. So before I left, my parents actually bought me like calling cards, which if anybody remembers what calling cards are, you basically go to the, go to the store and I think you could still buy them, but they're like even more rare because who even uses pay phones anymore? But calling cards would basically allow you to um, go to a payphone, and it's kind of like a it's like prepaying for it. So if you go to the if you go to the payphone, you punch in the number on the calling card uh, once you paid for it, then it'll ask you to dial the number you want to talk to, and then essentially you're just going through this calling card service, and they're basically paying or footing the bill for you, uh, kind of like how with payphones you used to call collect which I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but uh, back in the day, so to speak, if you wanted to call somebody and you had to use a landline, um, but you didn't like have a, like a free public phone nearby, you would use a payphone. Well, you can use a payphone by using quarters, um, like I said, calling cards if you had them. But the other way you could get a hold of somebody was calling collect. And calling collect was essentially like, hey, I'm going to call, well, in this instance, I'll use my example because I was young enough. Um, and I, know, I don't know if I ever actually even did this, but it was an option. So, like, if I was, um, let's say I was going to the movies. And, like, after the movie was over, I wanted my parents to pick me up. Well, let's say I accidentally spent all my money on popcorn or drinks or whatever. And so I didn't have any money. I could still call my parents using the payphone, but I'd call collect. And so you'd call, you know, whatever the number was to call collect. And they actually used to have, like, TV advertisements for this and radio advertisements, like, for the numbers. Um, one of them was like eight, the big one was AT&T. And so it's like, they had the C-A-L-L-A-T-T and that was the number. So like, if you know, you know how you spell things out on the key, on the dial pad, but you did the C-A-L-L-A-T-T and that was calling collect through AT&T. And what it would do is like, I would call that number. It would ask me again to dial the number I wanted to eventually reach would be my parents. And once my parents would answer, they would first be talking to basically a robot on the side of AT&T that would basically be saying, you are receiving a call from, and it would get try to give either a number or a location of where this payphone was, and it's like, you know, do you wish to be charged for it? Do you accept? And they would push, you know, one for yes or two for no, whatever. And so if they accepted the call, they're ex- basically my parents would be paying the bill for me calling them. And it's like phones were just so weird back then anyway because it's like you were limited on on minutes and limited on long distance and caller ID wasn't necessarily a free thing. Like three-way calling wasn't a, a like a free thing. Like features that you would see standard on phones like long enough ago weren't standard. And honestly, I think that that could be an interesting episode as well because history of telephones is just fascinating to me anyway, especially now because landlines are hardly even a thing that people use anymore. Anyway, I think I took this really long, long tangent, but basically, so that was the way I had to contact my parents was using these calling cards. And so the thing is, these calling cards would be for, they were labeled in minutes. And I think the the ones I had were like, they they said 90 minutes on them of calling time, but it wasn't, it didn't end up truly being 90 minutes because they were bought in the United States. But there was, you know, for calling internationally, there was like a connection fee. And so, um which I don't know how much the calling cards actually cost when they bought them or anything, but essentially it took the 90 minutes. And as soon as I connected to calling home, it would reduce it down to about eight minutes or so. 
eight or nine minutes. <clears throat> it was definitely under 10. And so it's like I had, I think I had a total of like four or five of these cards available. So I was only ever really able to call home like four or five times in that like two and a half, three week period. And the other way that my parents were able to reach out to me is they had an itinerary beforehand. So they knew like what hotels we were going to be staying in. And they were, they, they would send faxes. They'd use a fax machine back at home at my dad's job and basically send a fax to the hotel and I'd, I'd get a fax. And that, I mean, that only happened, I think like once or twice, but still just like how communication was so limited back then. <clears throat> Digital cameras were very limited back then too. Some people had them. Uh, a lot of people didn't. And so unfortunately I don't have a lot of memories from that trip in, in terms of pictures because I had some of those like disposable Kodak picture like cameras or whatever that you just kind of use once and then you get them developed and they, they're just disposable so they don't get used again. And honestly, I don't know where the vast majority of those pictures went, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just a totally different type of trip. I think if I took that same trip today, like communication wouldn't be an issue because I have a cell phone that works internationally. Obviously, Wi-Fi is more of a widespread thing. So even if I didn't want to use my my cell phone carrier, like roaming rates or anything, like I could connect to Wi-Fi and use Facebook Messenger or Skype or Discord or whatever, so anything that could I, I could run on Wi-Fi, I could easily you know contact now. So diff, completely different type of trip. Um, I mean, still a ton of fun nonetheless. I mean, it it was like I said, my first time really traveling or doing that kind of stuff on my own which was crazy. So flash forward to when I'm in or finishing up with high school and going into college, that's when we started doing the family vacations with, at the time it was my girlfriend and then fiance and now wife. Um, we started doing cruises with her family. And so it, it's kind of, a, it, it's a family thing, which is a lot of fun to do stuff with, with your family, especially, cru you know, cruises. I mean, it's one of those things where I've said before, like, I don't know if I'd find cruises nearly as fun if it was just two of us. Like it, it's a group type thing where like if you're the more people, the more the merrier I feel. Um, but so this will actually, this cruise we're coming up on is actually gonna be cruise number seven. We've been on six prior cruises all with the same cruise line. We went with carnival, which say what you will. I mean, they'll have their ups and downs, whatever. We've never had an issue with carnival in the times that we've been there. But that's a ton of fun. You get to visit these countries, you know, maybe only for a day, you know, or not even a day. You're there for six to eight hours, maybe 12 hours, depending. And it's like you don't get to see a ton of the country. And that's maybe the downside is that you you only get to see the area immediately surrounding, like, the cruise terminal where you get off the boat. If you even choose to go in the country itself, because it's like at some of the locations you try to leave the area and they instantly start to try to scam you. Like they try to sell you weed. They try to sell you, you know, whatever, you know, horse rides, whatever. And if you say no, like they become aggressive at times too. And that can be kind of hard to deal with. Um, but you kind of learn how to deal with that as time goes on. But ultimately traveling, for me, it's just, it's super important because you get, you get to go somewhere outside of where you usually live. You get to leave your comfort zone for a little bit. You get to experience different cultures, different lifestyles, different weather, different, just different areas of the world. It's just so much different. 
And I think that's just good for everybody. And, you know, like I said, coming from a place where not a whole lot of things happen on a daily basis, things are relatively routine around here. You know, mixing that up with, with something fun like that, it's just awesome. And, and really, you'd get that from any type of vacation. I mean, just because we choose to mainly do cruises doesn't mean that I wouldn't do something else. Or it doesn't mean that other types of vacations aren't fun. Like, we've we've flown over, we've flown to New York before and spent, um, like, three or four days in New York City. Or just north of New York City, I guess, is where we actually stayed. But, you know, being able to experience even just other cities in America, it just it, it's an awesome feeling. And, and I would highly suggest it. Like, if you have the means and you have the ability to go out and travel, I would highly recommend it. It expands your horizons and expands your knowledge of the world. And ultimately, it also just builds a certain type of character in you, yourself as the traveler, that you can ultimately, I feel like you you ultimately become more responsible and, and have a greater vision for kind of a bigger overall picture. And so, anyway, I'm not going to talk about this or, or drone on too long. Uh, I kind of said what I wanted to say. Uh, I mean, traveling is important to me, and that's ultimately why I wanted to talk about it. Um, if it's, you know, I'm kind of curious though, obviously as usual, if, if, if you have something that you want to share, if you have an opinion one way or the other, uh, let me know. There's going to be a link to the discord channel somewhere around here. And I guess for now, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys go and I will see you guys next time.